Baker Mayfield. Man, what a freaking ending. What a freaking game. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. I am joined by John Breach to break down the Browns and Jets game. And we will be joined later. This is a huge podcast. I mean, like loaded to the gills, packed to the brims. It's really, really long. Uh, just deal with it. You know, whatever. Uh, we uh, Executive decision to pack everything in at once. I'm going to talk to RJ White and Pete Prisco. RJ's from Sportsline.com. He gets white hot on his picks. Prisco, of course, actually had the Browns in his super contest pick tonight. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, thanks to Baker Mayfield's crazy comeback. And then Nick Costos and I are going to break down every single game from a DFS gambling and fantasy perspective. So this is a loaded podcast to get you ready for the weekend, to get you – like I loved my favorite thing, John. And by the way, you can follow John Breach at John Breach on Twitter. He did a great job live blogging Baker Mayfield's game. My favorite thing on Friday is to sit around and sip beer and set my DFS lineup. So hopefully this helps everyone. Uh, but first, we got to get to the news. Tyrod Taylor concussed. The Browns are getting run out of town uh, First Energy Stadium is dead. Is it First Energy Stadium or whatever the Brown Stadium is? Is just dead. I mean, it's like you could hear a, 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 a pen drop in there, and the Jets are looking pretty good. Isaiah Crowell is running the ball well. The Jets' defense is swarming it, and they have to bring in Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick. The fans have been chanting for him all night long. They bring him in, and he leads them on an incredible comeback that the Browns end up winning 21-17, covering, winning for the first time in 635 days. John, what's your reaction to what we just saw? Well, first, Brinson, let me say that I love your celebrating their first win in 635 days with a 635-minute podcast. You know, that's <laughs> brilliant. You tied it all together. I think the listeners are going to love that. My thought on this game is the same one I have had the last two games, and it is, how does Hugh Jackson have a job? And, you know, it's a weird thing to think after a win, but you sit there and you watch a totally inept offense for nearly the first half. Baker Mayfield only played the final two minutes, and then the Browns' offense just caught fire, and I was watching it the whole time. In my head, I'm thinking, my God, they could have beaten the Steelers by three touchdowns if this guy was their quarterback. They would have crush the Saints. Zane Gonzalez would still have a job because they wouldn't have been coming down to field goals in their opening two games. The whole world would be on end. So it, it was just, I mean, Baker Mayfield, that was uh, Van Gogh of rookie performances. It really was, and it's crazy. So, like, I'm, I've, and I've mentioned this on the podcast months ago in the offseason, I am holding a 14-1 to Sam Darnold Rookie of the Year ticket. I might as well burn that thing to the ground. It's worthless now. Baker Mayfield, Hugh Jackson said, look, there's a lot to unpack to this, but let's, I'm going to try and hit everything as we go through it. Hugh Jackson said after the game that Baker, he's going to review the tape and see who his starter is. Get out, Hugh. Your starter is Baker Mayfield. You will be publicly executed in Cleveland if you try to go back to Tyrod Taylor. The only reason that Tyrod Taylor would start week four, John, is if John Dorsey wants to fire Hugh Jackson and makes him makes him start Tyrod Taylor so he can fire Hugh Jackson. Baker Mayfield did so much for that offense. It almost like opened it up in a, in a weird way. He ended up finishing the night um, – Pretty good fantasy night, honestly. No touchdown passes, but he threw down to the one twice, and Carlos Hyde punched it in. 17 of 23 for 201 yards, and he was victimized by, I think, by my count, four horrible drops by his wide receivers. He just spins the ball. The ball comes out of his hand fast. He's got 
the velocity and the touch, and he moves around. He's he's not scared. He's poised. He looks completely comfortable out there. And you don't want to rush to conclusions because Sam Darnold looked perfectly comfortable after throwing a pick six in his first game. But there is no reason you should start anyone other than Baker Mayfield moving forward. Yeah, let's not forget, Tyrod Taylor played near the first half. He went 4-14 for 19 yards. Baker Mayfield had the 19 yards beat after two throws. It took him two throws to beat Tyrod Taylor's numbers. I mean, it was just, the offense was so efficient with him in there. You talk about those four drops. By my count, I think Mayfield would have gone 21-23 for about 270 yards. And probably a pair of touchdowns, too. Right, if you if, if the drops aren't there, which that's insane numbers for anyone, let alone your first star ever coming off the bench. Uh, you know, who throws for 270 yards and two touchdowns when they don't even have a whole game under their belt? And, you know, what do you think Jarvis Landry and uh, Antonio Callaway and, and the rest of those receivers are thinking right now? Like, they probably want to fire Hugh Jackson. How would you not play this guy the entire season? Just I, my mind. I'm just as blown away right now that this guy was on their bench for uh, the 10 quarters. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Hugh Jackson is going to get a pass because they won. Like, ironically, Baker Mayfield is saving his job, even though Hugh Jackson wasn't smart enough to start Baker Mayfield in the first place. And I think part of that might have been on John Dorsey. Like, I think John Dorsey probably wanted Tyler Taylor out there. Veteran, you put you spent a third-round pick on him. It makes sense. Um, but Baker's the guy. I mean, he gives that team energy. He reminds me of Russell Wilson um, with a little bit of Deshaun Watson. That's – and, it, like, not just – not, like, combine everything, but just the – the cool, calm, collected nature of Russell Wilson, the ability to throw on the run that Russell possesses, but also sort of that, I mean, he has that it factor. And, it, like, you could see it. Like, he, I mean, he just exudes confidence. I thought, and these are two kind of silly things, John, but I, I thought that um, his interview with NFL Network after the game he gets up there and they're like, "Oh, Baker! Like, oh my God, Colleen Wolf! I love Colleen Wolf. She, you know, she does. She's like, what? You like, what are you? Where's your head at? Michael Irvin's losing his mind. Reggie Bush is geeking out. Joe Thomas is like, like giggling and stuff. And like, and, and Baker's like, you know, it's, it's a good win. Like we thought, you know, got it, just got in there, have mindset to make plays, uh, do what you need to do, and, and answered it as as if he'd been playing in the NFL for 25 years. Um, and then the other thing. He's he's in the middle of this. They're giving him T-shirts and they're bringing out a giant like six hundred like a big cake for him to cut and all this stuff. He's like, oh, hold on, I want to give a shout out to my boy Carlos Hyde. It's his birthday and he's also uh, you know he's he's got a child on the way. He's going to the hospital right now to do it. Like that's uh, not that a lot of people would have the sense to do it, but Baker Mayfield clearly is just unfazed by all this. Like that stands out to me in a big way. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up Carlos Hyde because that situation uh, was totally crazy. We too. both benched him in fantasy. Benjamin fantasy, we both did. We're both just uh, – that's a lot of points that we left on the table. 98 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Like the guy almost wasn't at the beginning of the game because he's his wife is expecting a baby. The baby's not coming, so he rushes to the stadium. The baby didn't come during the game. That poor kid had a chance to witness – be alive for like 10 minutes and see the Browns first win. The <laughs> fans have been alive for two years and haven't seen a win. Uh, but, you know, after he scored him his touchdowns, he cradled the baby. Yeah, so that's did. the one thing I think the Baker Mayfield win is going to overshadow our, our two celebrations. We saw the cradle of the baby, and then we saw uh, 
are Bora, uh, Isaiah Crowell. Crowell. Oh, my yeah. God. He wiped his bottom, as we say at the Brinson household. He wiped his bottom at the football. Isaiah Crowell, the former Browns running back, bends over, takes the football, wipes his wipes his bottom, and then turns around and wings the football into the, into the, into the Browns fans. It clearly is a way of saying, like, I hate you, Cleveland. Go away. By the way, Mayfield, so he came in and uh, late in the second quarter, and he leads the he leads the Browns on six play thirty nine yard drive for a field goal. Second half he comes in, leads them four plays zero yards for a field goal. That was a great stand by the Jets defense. And the Jets defense is going to get lost in all this. And then the next play, seven plays sixty nine yards, two hundred two I mean two minutes and forty nine seconds to tie the game. And on that play. Baker catches a two-point conversion pass. They ran the Philly special, the play that the Eagles ran in the Super Bowl. He admitted afterwards in his interview that it was called the Philly special within the Browns playbook. Um, you know, the Jets go down and get a field goal to take to take the lead again, 17-14. I think the Jets should have gone for it there. They made a big mistake given how Baker Mayfield was playing against their defense. Uh, and then, of course, Baker goes right back down 15 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes, 52 seconds, 21-17 lead that holds up. And I think, John, when you're looking at this Browns team, I mean, this is putting the cart before the horse a little bit. But if Baker can get this offense inspired and cranked up and get it re- get it going like it was in the second half, and Todd Haley's dialed in, and he's making these throws. This is the team. This is the team that can make a playoff run because they 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 should be three and zero. They played really well against Pittsburgh. They had Pittsburgh dead to rights, and they just made some boneheaded mistakes and some offensive mistakes. They had the Saints dead and buried, and they just gagged it up. And then they took care of the Browns. Like I feel like the moxie that Baker has and the ability to win late in games, like they can make a run. But if they miss the playoffs, it might be because of those first two weeks. Yeah, I, and that's an absolute possibility. And then you look at their schedule, and it's like they have 10 days off before they play the Raiders. Uh, then they have the Ravens, the Chargers. I mean, they're, every game seems somewhat winnable. I don't really look at their schedule and say, oh, they're going to get smoked in that game. You know, there's no Jacksonville on their schedule. There's no New England. Uh, every game, especially we already saw them play with two quote-unquote playoff contenders with the Saints and the Steelers. So it's like who on their schedule can't? They give a good game. Maybe the Chiefs are the only one I could see smoking them, but but like but the Chiefs. So I mean, so you're right. Look, they have the Ravens at home, the Chargers at the Raiders in ten days. Ravens at home, Chargers at home. Those are two tough defenses, but I mean, so are the Jets are pretty good defense at the Buccaneers, at the Steelers, Chiefs at home, Falcons at home, and then they're by. I mean, like the those teams are all banged up or bad defenses. They can they can win these games, and they might like all of a sudden the Browns are going to be fun to watch. Like if we if if we this NFL season is gonna be fun as hell if we elevate the Browns into fun to watch territory and Baker Mayfield is leading drives like this and doing so much doing all this stuff, um, I'm, I'm just I, you know it's a, what is amazing to me too is that it looked like the story of this game was going to it told Tyrod Taylor's concuss because who knows how long they leave Tyrod Taylor in there the story of this game was going to be Jets waltz in. And mop up the floor with sad sack Browns on Thursday night with the Cleveland fans trying to shake these beer fridges open like they're frothing at the mouth. They're, they're, they're catching possums in the stadium. Everything's going crazy. Um, and and then it just flipped and we're not talking about the Jets at all. And that's f- probably fine for the Jets because the story is Baker Mayfield and that's better for them. 
Yeah, and you mentioned all that, and it did. It felt like in the first half the locusts were coming. And it felt like the four horsemen, the apocalypse. It felt like just the Browns were just crashing and burning. Hugh Jackson was going to get fired in the third quarter. Nothing was going their way, and somehow an injury ended up working out in their favor, which is just, you know, it's it's the Hugh Jackson story of coaching. He just kind of fell forward. This thing fell in his lap, and, you know, now, he, like you said, Baker Mayfield just bought him some more time because there's no way they're going to fire Hugh Jackson. I mean, obviously, the good part is I love that everyone in Cleveland is getting free beer out of this. Yes, uh, indeed. All the Bud Light fridges. That's great. Hey, we love free beer. Even if the beer is 37 days old, it's still drinkable, right? Yeah, 37 days old. Bud Light's drinkable after 37 months old. I just drank a beer that was nine months old last night, so I can attest that all these people are going to live through this. Yeah, I think, they, I think that they're going to survive. All right, anything else? Uh, on the Jets, I mean, like, I thought the Jets played a good game. That's their third game in 11 days. That's a brutal setup for them. It's tough to do. Um, now they're one and two, and it's hard to not, – like, not like the, the Jets can't win. Um, but I don't know. It's just It feels like this sucks the life out of a little bit out of what the Jets had accomplished by going to Detroit and, and stomping the Lions, right? I mean, like, it, it feels it – I don't know. It just feels like, like – like, you know that Mr. Crab, Mr. Crab's gift for, that I always talk about from SpongeBob. Like that's how you feel. Like they cut to Sam Darnold and he's spinning on the sideline. Like his, he's like, he's just like, oh, like what, what is happening? How did we get here? I don't know. I, mean, I think it's um, and and I should point out that Lewis Keefe, who's a, a listener, it, this tells you where Jets fans are. He sent me an email about uh, uh shortly before midnight right before we started recording he was like i bet you're recording the pod however i would like to point out um you know it's it it's like you know jets it's like baker looked great and changed everything and as a jets fan it sucks but you know if you end up going 5 and 11 back to back seasons and the fans want to fire everybody it doesn't make sense like this shouldn't be a uh, and, if, and I agree with Lewis, like this shouldn't be an inflection point where you say we got to fire Todd Haley. The Jets are playing above where they should be playing, I think. And, and playing, Todd Todd, did I say Todd Haley? Yeah, Todd Bowles. Yeah, thank you. The, it's, it's not time to fire Todd Bowles. It's time to say, hey, look, this team's playing pretty well, given the circumstances, given what they've had to deal with, given that they're dealing with a rookie quarterback, all of that. Uh, I do think, though, that like. Sam Darnold has, you know, the last two games have not been very good for Sam Darnold. I mean, I would much rather be holding a Baker Mayfield Rookie of the Year ticket than a Sam Darnold Rookie of the Year ticket. Well, and I think that's the thing with the Jets is we don't really know how good they are. I mean, the Lions didn't look good in San Francisco. Sure, they scored a couple garbage-time touchdowns late in the fourth quarter to make it a close game. But the Lions have been atrocious. The Jets were absolutely horrible against the Dolphins. Uh, you know, that the offense was just dead. We saw one good half here against the Browns. And then you look next week, they have to play at Jacksonville. Uh, that, that's a, a screaming a 1-3 and three start to me. Then you're looking at games against the Broncos, the Colts, and the Vikings. I think they're lucky if they win one of their next four. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and so best case scenario, you're sitting at 2-5. and five. Could be two and six at the halfway point of the season. So, you know, they were so promising on Monday Night Football. And now it's like, oh, this jet is crashing. And I, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be lucky to get the six wins. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here, Breach. We're going to go talk to uh, RJ White and Pete Prisco and break down every single game on the Super Contest. And uh, you can check out RJ's picks. He went, I think, nine, three, and two uh, against the spread in week one. 
Week two was a little rough for everybody, but RJ cashed in the Super Contest last year, tying for 18th out of 2,748 contestants, 52, 29, and 4. I can attest that when RJ gets hot, he gets nuclear. Um, he went 94, 68, and 8 on his against the spread picks last season, returning eight. $1,856 to a $100 player. You want to follow RJ and you want to get his picks and you can get his picks by going to sportsline.com available to all Sportsline members. And right now, courtesy of this podcast, you can get a first month at Sportsline for $1. You get all RJ's picks for one buck. You can make it all back times a thousand. Enter the promo code white. Unless you like me better, then you can enter the promo code will. But enter promo code white because you want to check out RJ's picks. Uh, let's go talk, talk to RJ and Pete. Thanks, Preacher. Of course. Got to go drink my Bud Light in Cleveland. Right now, joining me from the off-the-bench room with pictures of Raja Bell and Danny Cannell jerseys. You know Danny Cannell was Pete Prisco's favorite Giants quarterback growing up? Did you know that? Uh, no, he wasn't. He was still I think he was still uh, unborn when I was uh, root for the Giants back in the day. Pete Prisco, that's Pete Fran Tarkenton, baby. Pete at uh, at Prisco CBS on Twitter and also joining us in the room with Pete RJ White at RJ White one on Twitter. What's up, buddy? Let's talk about how crappy we all did in the, in the Super Contest. You just want to point out that I went 0 and 5. No, no, we, we me and RJ were no but not much better. Yeah, I did too. I went 2 and 3, so did which I. feels bad. But the average score was 1.93. So two and three is actually a little bit better than average. And I went two and three, too. The okay. Super Contest consensus, the top five picks, 0 and 5. It was a terrible week for everyone. Well, let me ask you this then, and, and Pete, you can you first. Why did we spend all week long talking about how they were like, this is an obvious, like, go the other way. It's an obvious contrarian week. Everybody's, it's an over, overreaction week. And then we all failed to recognize it when we made our picks. How? I recognize some of it. I just, I got. What I did is I had I would have lost anyways, but I had Seattle in, and then when all the injuries they weren't playing, I pulled them out. They put Washington in, yeah. which was a dumb pick. Um, so, you know, look, two and three. I had the Browns winner. I took the Cardinals like a moron. Um, and it's not like all the overreaction plays were bad. You know, Washington got got pushed up higher than they should have been against the Colts, and that was a pick I liked. Detroit was six points uh, a dog to San Fran. After opening or being three on the look ahead, so that was a good one. Uh, some of the overreactions that I played, I was taking the favorites because I thought it was overreaction on the dogs, mm-hmm. like KC against Pittsburgh and Tampa, and of course those didn't pay off. But I think that's still a smart strategy to play. It just didn't come through on all of them. The Pittsburgh thing is just – I might rate about that. Like it was, a, it was too, like, too many people were on Pittsburgh, and I liked Kansas City from the get-go, and I didn't listen to my brain. That's fine. I'll be back this week. Not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Um we're gonna, we're gonna go, you we're, can't go. You have nowhere to go but up after that's last right, week, dude. That's right. <laughs> hey, five and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, and it'll race it. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go to Philadelphia, where I like a dog here. The Eagles are minus six and a half against the Colts. I think we talked about that Washington game, and if you watch what the Colts did, I'm just I'm floored by how good Indianapolis's the Colts' defense looks like, and I don't think it's gonna be a, a situation where they're dominant. Or they're great for the full season, but they got guys that are hustling. Uh, Matt Eberflus, is it Eberflus? Eberflus? How do you say it, Pete? You're a pronunciation guy. Did I get it right the first time? Eber. Eberflus. Matt Eberflus's defense is playing really well. Marcus Hunt is out there. Darius Leonard is Darius Leonard. That is right. The rookie. That um, is. He's he made fantastic. Some, 
He really is. He's hustling. Second round pick out of San Diego or South Carolina State, excuse me, making a bunch of plays all over the place. Had the Redskins were in the red zone. He made three straight plays to force them into a long field goal. And I think that the Colts defense against a banged up Philly offense can hold Carson Wentz, who's coming in for the first game off the ACL. People are going to be liking the Eagles. I like the Colts a lot here. I'm pretty sure they are going to be a play for me, Pete. Uh, I'm, I like the other side, I'll be honest with you. I don't love it, but I, yeah, I do love it. I, I think this game is a, a little bit of back-to-back road games for the Colts. I, I think, In fact, I'm, I like the Eagles. I think they're going to get right today, this week. I think the uh, Friday injury report is going to be key in this game because there's a lot of people hurt on both sides on offense. And you know, who's available, I think, is going to be key because— Well, Carson Wentz is available. Carson Wentz is available. I 100% or no? Probably not. Eh, they would have played him— better, they, better than Nick Foles at whatever percent. Yeah, he could be 33% he'd better than Nick Foles. Yeah, I would lean Indy because I, I just like the points in the game. I think the defenses could dominate and be a low-scoring game because of all the injuries. But but I probably won't play it. It's it's on my like marginal list. Of I, I, I like it. I like the Eagles a lot. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Carolina at Cincy. Carolina's three-point favorites. I lean Cincy here. I think Cincy's look great. They're coming off the long rest, obviously, so that's going to help. I'm worried a bit that we get a bit of a letdown game from them because, you know, huge win, divisional, Ravens, maybe they they don't take this one as seriously. But the Panthers' O-line's decimated. You know, you still got Trey Turner out with a concussion. Both tackles still hurt. Bengals have the pass rush to exploit that, make sure Cam's never comfortable, just hit him over and over and over. And the back seven can handle the Panthers' weapons, I think. The Panthers don't really have a, a diverse group of weapons. Uh, the Bengals actually do. Troy, Tyler Boyd's looking good. I think you can get uh, Eifert involved in this game because the Panthers have issues covering uh, a full offense like that. Um, they didn't have a problem against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys don't have many players that are going to threaten you in the passing game. But the Falcons threw TDs to Calvin Ridley, to Austin Hooper, to everybody was getting involved. Uh, Dante Jackson, the rookie for Carolina, he's had issues. He might not play. That puts Corn Elder in the lineup out of uh, Nebraska, I think, and Miami or Miami. Well, Corn. Corn is the Corn is in Nebraska. You like Corn from Nebraska? I like it, RJ. I was wondering to see if you catch that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's a matchup the Bengals are going to disp- exploit. I think they're going to score a lot of points in this game, and the defense is going to hold up their end of the bargain. So I think since he wins this game outright, even though they're coming off a potential letdown spot, I'm with you on that one. I I, I kind of like the Bengals a little bit too. Uh, because I think their pass rush is going to get get after it against that offensive line. So I I, I don't love it, but I, I lean to the Bengals as well. Billy Price isn't practicing, might not play. Joe Mixon isn't going to play. Giovanni Bernard stepping in. He was back at full practice with a knee injury on Thursday, so he'll probably play. Preston Brown is limited. Tyler Eifert is at full practice, but he has a back injury. The Bengals are a little banged up too. I, I'm not going to take the Panthers minus three because I think that's begging for – um, best case scenario, you walk out of there with a half a point. I think that Carolina's defense steps up in response here, though. I think that Carolina um, is going to be an up-and-down team all year, and they had a terrible game against the Falcons defensively. I think they actually bounce back in a big way. Um, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wear the overreaction a little bit, guys. You know what I'm saying? The overreaction to the Bengals. Like people are gonna overreact, Pete, to the Jaguars beating the Patriots. By the way, that's a pom pom waving pick by there, <laughs> right there. Oh, my Panthers! Woo wee! Care about the Panthers? It's time for you to get your pom poms out for Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I can care either way. I just look. The bottom line. <laughs> Please. You know what? It's good for me. Jaguars. They keep t- playing in the January. They do Jaguars, more shows. You're a Jaguars employee. <laughs> you get paid. No. By, you are. No, ja- you're in the Jaguars pocket. No, I don't. I work for the radio station. Uh, Jaguars <laughs> minus nine and a half to the Titans. That is a lot of lumber to be t- play, lay into a team you haven't you didn't beat since what 2016. They didn't beat them twice. But 
Week 17 last year was a layup for the Titans. The Jaguars didn't need it. They played, but they really didn't play. There was no emotion there. If it wasn't the Titans and it was another team coming in as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite or dog, I would say I'd probably lean to the dog. But because it's the Titans, the Jaguars are going to be focused. I'm going to lay the points. I think the Jaguars will shut them down. The injuries on the Titans are just really, really severe, Uh, although Taylor DeWan will be back this week still, even so. Uh, I think I think the Jaguars minus nine and a half is the play. I don't love it, but I, that's who I would pick. And I think this play in the contest is indicative of them thinking Blaine Gabbert's going to start again. Because I think if Mar- Marcus Mariota was in, you'd have to throw a few more points the Titans' way, maybe make it six and a half, seven point game. So if you do like the Titans in this spot and you think Mariota's going to play, I think that's one reason to back them. Uh, this is probably going to be a stay away for me, though. Yeah, I'm not touching it either. Although I don't know that we I, I don't know that we learned that the line is necessarily indicative of what they think is going to happen. Remember last week we got plus seven for the Packers, and we all walked away from Green Bay getting seven out of fear that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't play, and Green Bay tied the game outright. So I think I mean, I mean, think there's a lesson there in terms of what lesson they're actually teaching us. By the way, Derrick Henry on the Wednesday injury report, don't like seeing that at all. Uh, I will be buying some Deion Lewis shares this week. Pete, you've also got Falcon Saints. What about that? Yeah, I can't wait for this game. This is these are the kind of games. And back in the day when I used to go to those games and cover them, it was the city was run over by. If it was in Atlanta, it was run over by Saints fans. If it was in New Orleans, it was run over by Falcons fans, and they get after it. I mean, they really do. Uh, I I think the Falcons found something last week in the red zone, and obviously they were much better. But getting Ridley going will help actually open up Julio Jones in the red zone. The Saints defense week one they were awful. Week two they were better. Week one, the offense was good. Week two, the offense wasn't as good. I'm concerned about the Saints. I like the Falcons minus the three. I think the Saints' offense could look better against the St. Landity that's really banged up, missing those those key players. Uh, now they're having some offensive line issues with, with um, Levitre out, and the depth guard is also banged up. So um, I would lean New Orleans. If I played in the contest, I'm probably going New Orleans plus the three just because this, this, this uh, matchup, it's kind of anything goes in this matchup. It looks so. funny. The line looks funny, too. Why? Not, um, not really. It's not. Yeah, not for this divisional matchup. Um, divisional I figured game. it would be like Falcons four or five. Yeah, Atlanta's probably that. the stronger team, but I think throw throw what you've seen so far when these two get together because you can really get any game. So basically, anytime these two teams are playing, I'm probably taking the points either way. I would also point out too that last year the Saints were coming uh, coming into week three on the road against Carolina, good good looking Panthers team defensively, especially, and they were zero and two. Had gotten throttled by the Vikings and and, pa- and Patriots at, at once on the road and once at home, and they absolutely manhandled the, the Panthers. So I think there's a, probably a little bit of desperation. Um, I, know the, I know the Saints are one and one this year, and that's different, but they almost lost to the freaking Browns. I, I think you see a, a, a desperate, angry Saints team. I really like the Saints plus three here, and I think it will be one of my super contest picks. Um, so good. I'm glad it is. I bet you are. I don't know if the Ravens minus five and a half are going to be a super contest pick, although I am. It is absolutely a lean for me because I like Baltimore. I like Baltimore coming into the year. And I think that the Broncos are probably a bit overvalued at this point, given that they barely beat Seattle, who hasn't looked great, and they barely beat Oakland. They should have lost to Oakland. That's an inexplicable loss by the Raiders. Uh, they, they barely beat two bad teams, and we're sort of trumpeting them up as this 2-0 and squad that I'm not sure RJ is necessarily that great. I'm leaning Ravens as a pick here. And I don't think they're getting that much credit because at five and a half, you know, if people were really crediting them a lot for those wins, you'd probably see this game at three. Um, so I, I 
don't think that there's that much value in the line. I would also lean Baltimore. They're a very good home team. Case Keenum hasn't looked great. Now he's dealing with a knee issue. The thing that really got me was how bad the pass defense looked against the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr did whatever he wanted to them, and they didn't put the points on the board. The Raiders didn't, and they, they let him back into the game late. But if that's the pass defense we're going to see for Denver this year, they're going to lose some games they should win. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think it's the Ravens uh, or nothing. Uh, I, I lay the points in this. Uh, I'm disappointed in Case Keenum so far. I'll be honest with you. I expected more from him. Uh, he hasn't. He's been inconsistent. Did some good things, but been woefully inconsistent. The Ravens at home, like you said, I think their defense will get the best of it here. I, I I'd lay the points. I don't love the game though. If another um, game. That, oh, sorry. Ready, I was ready to say, move on. Well, I was just going to ask if Case Keenum. I wonder what we'll know. I mean, he's going to play, right? Case Keenum's going to play, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he's supposed to be limited at practice yeah. Thursday. Um, and uh, yeah, there was really no danger of him missing the game at this okay. point. All right, another game, as you were saying. Yeah, another game I like laying the points is Houston. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants. They haven't looked great so far, so I'm, I'm sure not a lot of people want to get on them laying nearly a touchdown. But now they get to play at home, and they've been a better-than-average home field edge over the last few years. Uh, the Giants don't have the pass rush to exploit that Texans' weakness on the offensive line. So if the Texans are playing a better team where, where you know Deshaun Watson's going to get knocked around a bit and have to move around. That's a concern. I don't know that we're going to see that against the Giants, especially with Vernon still out. Um, the Giants don't have the secondary to keep the, the Texans pass catchers quiet like over over the long term. Uh, maybe you can get a few plays here and there on Hopkins and Fuller, but somebody's going to break some big plays at some point. Uh, I, so I think the Texans are going to score in this game. I don't think Giants have what it takes to keep up. Beckham can win matchups against a secondary. Houston doesn't have a great secondary. But the Houston pass rush, on the other hand, can get to the, the uh, quarterback, get to Eli when the offensive line is breaking down because the offensive line hasn't for all the acquisitions they've made in the offseason that offensive line is that pass rush hasn't been very good for the Texans either no I think but in this matchup I I like them because the offensive line's been so bad I think they're going to have a a much better easier time this way and then the Texans run game has been very effective this year Lamar Miller's looked great Alfred Blue's got involved and he's looked pretty solid and so when you're in the second half and you're trying to salt away the game and get first downs I think those guys can take over and do it for you so I think the Texans get out to a first half lead I don't think they'll let the Giants back into the game in the second half in the cover yeah I don't love this game either way but uh, i would lean to the giants with the points uh, only because i don't think the texans are very good to be honest with you um and i I worry about the offensive line i know the giants don't have great pass rush but that offensive line is awful and they haven't rushed the passer very well either that's a concern uh giants playing back-to-back road games i hate that so i'd probably stay away but if i had to lean one way or the other i'd I'd take the giants i cannot possibly take the giants after they kicked me in the junk over and over again on sunday night 0-4 0-4 heading into that night game. Had the Giants plus three is my pick that I touted all week. And they laid an absolute egg. Now, I do think there is a bit of – you think that an overreaction might be built into that a little bit, but I think because the Texans are 0-2, um, you know, there's not as much there. And I, and I ranked the 0-2 teams for CBSSports.com, as I mentioned, uh, and we did it from the podcast with John Breach yesterday. And I think one of the things you should have to look at with Houston, they lost in New England, and, and you know, then they, then they lose to Tennessee – I mean, they've had a. I think Tennessee's better than people think. They've had a tough start, and I could see a bounce back game coming against a very, very wounded Giants team here. Um, I also think that uh, Pete actually Pete's got the Dolphins and Raiders. Sorry, I messed that one up. Yeah, and this one's easy for me. Uh, I see a bad football team playing consecutive road games, uh, and this one's after a division game. Long trip, hot day, bad defense. And Miami looks good. I watched them on tape today. I like what I've seen from them. Uh, they're competing on defense. They're going to get better as the year goes on on defense. Mika Fitzpatrick, by the way, will be a star in the NFL. Their down linemen have been dominant at times. 
Uh, I think they get after the quarterback in this one, and this is easy. I like Miami. In fact, I love Miami in this game. This line does really make sense to me. The look ahead was minus four. It's dropped to minus three. But what did you see in week two that made you think that you should move the game toward Oakland? So I'm with you on this. This seems like a slam dunk pick. I don't realize, I don't understand why the line is we're minus three. We're fishes or something here. So, we're get, we're yeah. getting hooked. So this hey. might get on my card. I have it in my second tier just because I haven't figured out why they put the line where it is. And if I, if I can't figure it out, maybe I scare myself into not putting it in the contest. But I think everyone's going to be on it in the contest. And I, I think probably easily going to be a consensus top five pick. Hey, is there is there any chance, Pete, that John Gruden is still a good coach? And, and by, I mean, like, I don't mean to imply that he's a bad coach, but he's now covered the first half of these lines two or two, first half of these games two weeks in a row, and his team has looked good out of the gates. I mean, are we are we underrating John Gruden because of all the like? Oh, oh we need a pass rusher stuff that he. Well, says. no, I think he can still coach. My concern isn't John Gruden coach; it's John Gruden personnel man. Sure. I mean, you trade away Khalil Mack, a, but there's other issues, and and you know he's. Basically going to be running the show. I know they say McKinsey is, but he's John Gruden's running the show. So um, that's the concern. I think he can still coach. It's just football. He's been around the game. It hasn't changed that much. It's just football. Well, I guess I guess what I'm asking is like, and I, I think Adam Gase is good, but are we sort of like you're like, well, the Dolphins are minus three. The Dolphins look great and they're undefeated. And the Raiders are zero and two and they've looked like crap. Is it possible that Gruden keeps his guys? motivated to try and go get that win and, and, and comes and well, they'll like, be motivated. It's just that they'll wilt in the heat. I, I think it's going to be a major problem for them. It's okay. I'll tell you what, and RJ knows it's been hot around here lately. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. I haven't had AC for a week. Finally got fixed today. Excited about it. Congratulations. No, great good, for you. Good for you. You guys are really happy for me, huh? Uh, you know who I like is the, uh, I, I kind of want to make him a super contest pick. The Washington Redskins at home against the Packers. The Washington Redskins are catching points because Aaron Rodgers is coming to town and people saw the Redskins get blasted by the Colts at home and think that the, the Packers will do the same thing. I think this is a classic overreaction play. I don't think the Packers defense is that good. I think Washington will be motivated. They had some bad breaks and some drops that they can correct this week. And I like the Washington Redskins to win outright at home against the Green Bay Packers, RJ. Yeah, I'm leaning to them in the Super Contest, too. We got it at two and a half in the Super Contest, which was very disappointing because at three, I think it was an autoplay for me. Now, I think this might scare some teams, some guy, some picks away that, that might have taken it anyway. So maybe, maybe I'm, you know, it's a better pick in this sense because not a lot of people are going to want to take the two and a half. But I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers until we know he's healthy. He looked pretty bad in that, that week two game, even though he put up some stats, just didn't, didn't look great moving around. His escapability is obviously not where it needs to be when he's on that knee. And I think the teams are going to get to him. And I, I think he's a serious injury risk more than most quarterbacks in, in game to where all of a sudden, if you take the Packers as a road favorite, now you're staring at Deshaun Kaiser in the second half and, oh my God, what are we going to do now? So I don't trust the Packers at all until we know that Rodgers is healthy and he looks better than what he showed in week two. Yeah, I, I'd lean to the Packers because I, I tell you what, watching the Redskins, that was disappointing last week. And, and uh, Packers should have won the game against the Vikings, and the Vikings are a better football team. I think they can go in here and win. I know this is desperation time for the Redskins. You're at home. you got to win this game or you fall a, one and two with two losses at home. That's bad. Uh, I don't love the game either way, but i probably lean to the Packers a little bit. Um, you know what's interesting, RJ? A lot of people picking up Latavius Murray in fantasy leagues. I've seen that multiple people do that today in that Vikings-Bills game. Should I be concerned that Dalvin Cook won't play? Yeah, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, so there's, of course there's going to be reason to be concerned. And this should be a game script where they're going to run the ball a lot in the second half, obviously, because they're 16.5-point favorites to the Bills. When you're talking about betting this game, I don't think you can take the Vikings. I, I know Pete kind of likes the Vikings in this game, but 16.5-point uh, favorites, 
you know, just reducing it down to 16-point favorites. Uh, I dug into the numbers since 2007 when you had that great Patriots team that you had it 27 times. There's been a, a 16-point favorite or better. Patriots were the team 12 of those times, and they went 6-6 six and six in those games. The 15 other times with non-Patriots teams, 4-10-1 against the spread. And you're getting a lot of great teams there against a lot of bad teams, and they just can't cover. They've all won outright. There hasn't been an outright loser at 16-point favorite since 1995 wow. in the Cowboys-Redskins game. Redskins upset the Cowboys. So I don't know how you take the Vikings in this game. I don't know how the Bills are moving the ball. Uh, Josh Allen doesn't look ready. He drops his eyes too quickly. He runs around. Well, he, he drops his eyes because his line is atrocious. And the line's not getting any better this Correct. week. Correct. So, so how are you taking the Bills? That's how you, you take the Bills because it's going to be like 17-3. See, I think, I think it's going to be 30-7. to seven. I, I'm not taking them in the contest because I flat out refuse to lay 17 points. I don't, I don't like the idea of it. But the Bills will not move the football at all. And that offensive line is the worst in football. And defensively, they're not that good either. So my concern is, are the Vikings a little flat after coming off Green Bay? It's a tie or whatever. But I don't think so. I think they blow them out. I think this is ugly. Uh, it's just a, you just don't touch it. I mean, like you can't. It's too, it's too many points. And I, I took the Bills in the contest last week against the Chargers, plus seven at home. And I feel like a moron and they're terrible. But I mean, like the Vikings can name their price. And if they want their price to be 15, the price will be 15. And it wouldn't be surprising at all. Um, if they gave Josh Allen a cheap touchdown late and they won twenty one to I don't know, twenty one to seven or something like that. Yeah, I'm definitely not taking them in the contest. I, I think you have to go Bills or nothing, and for me it's definitely gonna be nothing. I go Vikings or nothing, and I'm not taking either one of them. Uh, one one team I probably am taking in the contest that's an underdog is the 49ers. They're six and a half point dogs against the Chiefs. Chiefs have obviously looked outstanding on offense come, you know, so far after two weeks. Everybody wants to be on them. We're getting good value because the look-ahead line was Chiefs minus four. Uh, Reuben Foster is going to be back from suspension. Malcolm Smith is already back from injury. He's practicing this week. He wasn't on the injury report on Wednesday. That's a huge boost for the defense. They were down to like fourth, fifth, sixth linebackers in the first two weeks. So I think they're going to look a lot better defensively. Marquise Goodwin's practicing. He, you throw him into the group of receivers, that's going to st- stress the uh, Kansas City secondary even more. So I like the 49ers to put up a lot of points in the game. Patrick Mahomes has got to slow down at some point. He was my dark horse MVP before the season, but he's not going to throw 80 touchdowns and humble, no interceptions. Humble, I mean, humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> so nobody expects him to be as good as he's uh-huh. been. Um, so we're going to see some picks at some point. It could be in this game. You could see a few mistakes happen at some point. I do like the 49ers defensive line. They could kind of get after him a little bit. Uh, the Chiefs defense isn't likely to improve this week. Eric Berry is still sidelined. Top defensive lineman Chris Jones has been banged up and not practicing. And the Chiefs have let teams back into games each of the first two weeks. You know, the they roll out to this huge lead. Steelers erase a 21-point lead by ha- by halftime. Uh, the Chargers get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So even if the Chiefs are up 38 to 20, you know, could the 49ers backdoor their way into a cover? I think so. So I really like the 49ers this week. It's probably going to end up on my card just because Jimmy Garoppolo is a good enough quarterback to lead a team to some garbage points if he needs it. So give me the 49ers. I don't love either team in this game. I was leaning toward the 49ers in the contest, but I backed away from it. Too many people like it. It bothers me a little bit. Uh, and, and you're talking about backdooring it. It worries me. I do like the over a lot. I think this one's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Uh, I'd lean to the 49ers with RJ, but I don't, I don't love it like everybody else does. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the problem is the same reason I, I think everybody liked the Steelers last week too. And I, I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I like the over. I don't think the Chiefs will stop anybody. And I think with George Kittle and hopefully Marquise Goodwin back, you can see Kyle Shanahan scheme up some deeper shots to, uh, from Jimmy Garoppolo. The over is actually coming down. It's down a full point from 56 and a half to 55 and a half. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder if people aren't, you know, you, they're just getting, I mean, it's just a high total. So maybe people are hammering, uh, that under. I, 
Yeah, we'll see. It looks like actually 67% of the bets are on the under. Um, and maybe I think it's that, that's that same concept with you don't want to, the Vikings are the better team than the Bills, but you don't want to lay 16 and a half. And that's kind of what happens when you see a total of 56 and a half. You just don't want to lay it. So if any money comes in, it's going to be on the under, just playing the number. Right. I mean, if, I, I like the over too, though. I mean, look, they smashed the over with the Steelers in the third quarter. Why can't the, the 49ers do the same? I, and the I, Chiefs are bad on defense. The Chiefs are terrible on defense. It, it doesn't seem like Eric Berry will be back this week. And if he is, he won't be completely healthy. Um, I, I, I would probably stay away from this, but I would lean 49ers because I think the Chiefs have gotten a little too much. Uh, in, in terms of the spread. But remember, this is their first home game. So the next game I do like, and I like it a lot. And I'm taking Phillip Rivers against the Rams. I, I think the Rams are a major overlay here. They beat up on the Raiders, which bad football team. Beat up on the Cardinals, which obviously was a bad football team, particularly last week. Some idiot took them plus the 12 and a half in the contest. That would be me. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think the Chargers stay within the number here. You look at the Rams – are 29th in the league in sacks per pass play. That bothers me. And I know they keep talking about Sue and Donald and Sue and Donald. 29th in the league in sacks per pass play. That means Rivers is going to have time. He's going to be able to make some throws down the field. I think the Rams win the game, but if you're giving me a touchdown to Phillip Rivers, I'm taking it. And a lot of those situations come with the Rams way ahead. And so they it's obvious pass situations, so they know they can just pin their ears back and go, and they're still not sacking a right. lot of players. It worries me. Uh, when I take big dogs six, seven points, I want the quarterback to be capable of backdooring a cover if he needs it. And Phillip Rivers obviously can do that. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So I'm with you on that side. I probably won't put it in the contest just because the Rams feel like this team where even if the value says go with the other side and you do, then they score, can score 40 points at any point And all of a sudden you, you lost, you know, by a few points on your cover, even if even if the other side scoring points. So I'll probably stay away. But I do like your side. I like your reasoning. It's nuts to have the Chargers go from being seven point road favorite to being seven-point dogs in the same city that they play football in. And I, I realize they have no uh, no real fan base actually in, in Los Angeles because they're the Chargers or whatever. But I, if it's me, I don't know. Give me uh, – I think I would probably take um, the Chargers plus seven. I, 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 I want to take it in the Super Contest, but I am afraid of a little backdoor action. If you look at, I did take it in the Super Contest. Oh, you did? Oh, you've got yeah. it in. Oh, yeah. yeah wait, my so, picks are in. Okay, so what have you picked anyone else besides the Chargers that we've named? Uh, yes, I told you that. I took the Dolphins. Okay. I took the Eagles. Okay. And I took the Chargers. And I have. Don't to spoil it if you got another one. I got a couple more coming. I think still. Probably just one more. <laughs> no, I got one more because I got the Browns. I got one more because I got the Browns tonight. Well, no, no, you have the Browns last night. That's last the beauty night. of the podcast. Is like. Yeah. When I took the Falcons on opening night, I was like, well, of course, I, I'm one and to start, probably, I hope. Yeah, and, and I was, yeah no, I, I, I got the, uh, yeah, okay. Princeton isn't it. great at math, but we know we can count to five. Right. So so I, I can count to five, Mofos. <laughs> well, uh, I can you, count to 0 and 5 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I can count to is uh, six. And uh, if you like watching NFL games, you should go to NFL.com backslash pick Six, And if you do that, you're going to get a free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass. The only way to watch every single NFL game from the week that was. Can't watch them in the future, but you can watch them basically uh, on Sunday night. If you don't want to watch the Sunday night game, you can go back and watch a game from one or four. And if you're running out of time, maybe you're you're the busiest guy in show business like Pete Prisco and you need to hammer out games in 40 minutes, you can do that with a condensed version on NFL Game Pass. You can also salivate over the coach's tape. 
Watch Patty Mahomes dialing up some, uh, what do they call them, Potomac Bombs, I think is what people are calling them. Potomac Bombs on the All-22. Watch them sail across from that deep angle. You can do that. You can live. You can pretend like you're Pete Prisco living that All-22 life. Just go to NFL.com backslash pick six and get yourself a free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass. I know you guys use it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Spent the morning with it today. Mm, nice, Pete. Did you buy it uh, breakfast? I did, actually. <laughs> uh, I think it's your turn, RJ. Yeah, so now we're at the Bears. The Bears are six-point road don't watch. Don't watch the Bears on Game Pass. Soldier Field sucks on Game Pass. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's been six, that way for decades. Six-point road favorites in Arizona against the Cardinals. You were talking about how bad the Cardinals look. So, of course, that's why this line is that high. There's been a little money on the Cardinals. It's come down to five and a half, um, and it, I think it could go a little lower because I think this line is wildly overpriced. It seems like... It's impossible to back the Cardinals after how terrible they've played. But consider this. Teams get three points for home field. The Rams were 12.5-point favorites at the Cardinals at home early last week before it got bet up to 13.5-14. When you flip the home field, that would make the Rams 6.5 in Arizona. The Bears are 6 for the contest, 5.5 normal. I mean, those two teams aren't in the same league. The the Rams, anybody would put them well and above the Bears. So... I know that they're not, the Cardinals aren't going to score three games a game, three points a game the entire year. So an offense with David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald is going to score points at some point. You know they'll get it figured out, even if they've looked so pathetic so far. Quarterback play will get better. Maybe it'll take changing quarterbacks. But you got the Bears on the other hand, coming off a Monday night win, they're being overvalued by the market. This line was two and a half on the look ahead line before the Bears managed to eke out that win with Seattle. That could have went either way before that pick six that, that Wilson threw, which he never does. Um, so he throws that pick six late, and it looks like a Bears runaway when it actually wasn't. So I think the line should be closer to that two-and-a-half looking ahead than, than the six that we're getting for the contest. Uh, the Bears offenses look great at the beginning of the games when they can script stuff, but Mr. Trubisky has fallen apart when he had to make plays. Uh, what's going to happen when they get behind in a game? I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen against the Cardinals, but I don't trust the Bears to, to catch up if they ever get behind in the game. So if you get something crazy, maybe a defensive touchdown for Arizona, how is this game going to go if Mr. Trubisky has to start making plays? Um, I think the Cardinals do have the defensive talent to stifle the Bears' offense, even with how good they look early. That's one of the reasons why the totals on the game is so low. It's at 38 uh, as of Thursday when we're taping this. The offense probably only needs to score 16 or 17 for Arizona to cover when you look at that total. And I think they could do that even against the solid Bears defense. So I'm probably not going to put the Cardinals in the contest just because with these terrible teams, it's so hard to put make them one of your five contest picks. But if I'm taking the game, I'm taking the Cardinals. I know a stupid guy that has put the Cardinals in this contest picks for the second week in a row. And uh, for the exact reasons you just mentioned, I, I don't buy the Bears. It's a Monday night game, too, traveling on a short week. That's always tough to do in the NFL. The Cardinals have to show something. The fact that Steve Wilkes you know, basically said we got to get the ball to David Johnson means they'll get the ball to David Johnson, which is a good thing. And I think their defense has enough talent to keep this one close. You're going to give me six points at home against the team coming off a a win on Monday night, and now I have to travel. I'll take it every day of the week. I know the Cardinals stink, but give me the six. I'm going to repeat the same thing I've been saying for um, the last two weeks. Or actually, I guess the last two weeks. Take the Bears in the first half and take the Cardinals in the second half if you're betting the game. The Bears have come out with excellent game scripts on the first drive for Mitchell Trubisky, and each drive has led to a long touchdown drive. They are minus three in the first half. That is a lot for a road game and a team coming off that short week on a Monday night. I get it. I think the Cardinals can win, but I think the Bears in the first half is still pretty good value just because of how they've played. I would take the Cardinals here. I don't think I can stomach taking them as a uh, as a super contest pick, if only because of just how bad they've looked. I can, however, stomach taking the Seattle Seahawks as a super contest pick. Minus one and a half at home against the Cowboys. 
The last two primetime games you saw, you saw Russell Wilson getting the crap kicked out of him, and you saw the Dallas Cowboys kicking the crap out of Eli Manning. And so as a result, I think this line is skewed. The Seahawks started with both games on the road to begin the season. That's a rough way to begin things. They barely, they could have covered, could have lost, uh, could have won both games, could be 2-0 and if things had broken their way against the, the, the uh, Broncos and then the Bears, two decent defenses. And I think now they get the Cowboys, who are a little bit overrated based on how they played. I think Seattle holds serve and wins this game at home, RJ. Yeah, we're not getting great value because it's minus two in the contest and it's minus one and a half on the markets, which is where it dropped after it was three on the look ahead line. I think I would rather have I think the look ahead line was closer to, to the value because I do think these teams are pretty similar. Uh, Seattle isn't as bad as they've shown because they played two games on the road. Seattle, we, as we know, is a tough place to play. Dallas, I don't think, has a talent on offense to go there and have success. So I think Seattle's defense shows up. They're getting healthier. Bobby Wagner looks like he's going to come back. That was a huge absence for them in week two. Um, and then on the other side, you got Dallas, Sean Lee's banged up. Who knows if he's going to play? So you could get potentially a huge swing just on the middle linebackers in this game. Uh, so I do like the Seahawks as well. I'm thinking about putting them in the contest. They're right on the margin for me, and they might end up on my card. I like the Seahawks as well. Uh, I just think there's too much pride for a group of guys that have been around. And there's not a ton of them left, but there are enough uh, to show up at home in, in what is your home opener against the Cowboys team. That I don't think is very good. I know they beat the Giants last week. They hit the big play early, got them going, but they weren't that good either. So uh, I would lean to the Seahawks. I did not put them in the contest. By the way, uh, a little bit of an update. You know that FanDuel guy who wanted $82,000? Yeah. They're paying him. They're paying him. Well, they should. He won it. You think so? Yeah, he won it. He saw a glitch in the thing, got in quick. He didn't know it was a glitch. He just bet it. He didn't know. I just wasn't even watching this game. Just thought I'd throw 110 bucks on uh, 750 to one. Well, did you see what they offered him? 500 bucks yeah. and some Giants tickets. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 500 bucks and some Giants tickets. You might as well, uh, you know, those things aren't worth what the, the, the cardboard they're printed on. Giants tickets might be worth negative 500. Now, if you would <laughs> somebody <laughs> says if they would have offered you an all expense paid trip to the Super Bowl with four on the 50 plus like 10 grand, would you have taken that? Yeah. Of course. Private jet, the whole deal. But yeah. this was worth more than $82,000 at this point. Well, the five on the four and the fifty would be right. They'd be worth five, probably yeah, four on the fifty and a private, private jet, jet and yeah. a hotel room. Yeah, 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 and ten thousand dollars spending money. See me, I take the eighty and have my own party at home. Yeah, but you got <laughs> you got to pay taxes on the eighty. That's true. You don't have to, you don't, gotta pay taxes. You on the pay 10 taxes too. on the ten too. That's, well, that's, yeah, but you don't have to pay ta- you, you don't have to pay taxes on the prize for the Super Bowl stuff. Um, you think you should? Have you, gotten, don't you? I don't know. I don't know. I think so, you do. How what, do you think he should have gotten paid, RJ? It's a tough situation because you're kind of opening the door when you're the books to pay. You're going to have more screw ups, you know, down the road, and you're opening the door now to pay everyone when you screw up. So what if it, what if he what if he had paid eighty thousand to win by mistake or whatever? But if it was the other way around, he'd had to pay. Right. Well, yeah, he's not going to. No, he would have done once, it. Once you paid the ticket, you know, you're done the ticket. If if it wouldn't have came out the other side, they're obviously not paying the ticket if he loses the bet. I know. So so I, I see both sides of this. It's just hard when you're the book. You're setting this precedent that anytime you can get a number. And, and he had to know. I agree with Brinson. Like he definitely knew that he was getting an advantageous number he shouldn't have got. And more power to him to get that bet in. Uh, I just think when you're the books, you're opening yourself up. So. I would have negotiated something, maybe look at what the bet actually was and pay him, you know, a multiplier of that, not 82,000. No, you know, he but, put the bet in, he should be paid. They yeah, made a in, mistake. In Vegas, in Vegas, they would pay it, but Vegas yeah. is obviously a much more well-oiled right. machine. This happened in Jersey. So, um, you have, you, you just run the risk of opening yourself up. Is he allowed? The, is he still allowed on their site? That's the question. I would guess he's not going to be showing up, um, 
very often. And I, I don't think that he's not welcome there. I also think that now you're going to see live odds be a lot slower. Like they're not going to be slapping up live odds every three seconds because it's not worth the risk. I mean, that's 83,000 uh, that you could have earned. By the way, you think you get some live odds on the Patriots minus seven against the Lions on Sunday night? I bet you can. Um, you have to bet the Patriots here. I'm sorry. It's a no-brainer. They're on the roads, laying seven. It's insane, but they're coming off an ugly beat them down against the good Jacksonville Jaguars team. And now Bill Belichick gets to take it out on the whipping boy, Matt Patricia. I, I will be not be taking this as a super contest pick, but if I did, it would be the Patriots. Yeah, I like the Patriots a little bit. I don't love them. Uh, you know, the Lions look awful. The Patriots coming off a, of, off a loss. Bill Belichick against his former coaches. He's always done very well against them. I would lean to the Patriots. Uh, I'm surprised the number's not a little more. They're banged up a little bit, but I'm surprised that wasn't like eight and a half, nine. I think the line's a little too high just because there's that that uh, backdoor potential with Matt Stafford. We saw it last week. You know, they were down, what was it, uh, 17 points and they scored two late touchdowns. Should have won the game. They had a pick six. Yeah, two two late touchdowns covering the contest, almost win the game. So I do think it's a little high. Um, I can see reasons for both sides. I don't want to go against Bill Belichick coming off a loss. You know, I think they could destroy the Lions. And even if you get some garbage time points, that could be like 45-24 as opposed to 45-3. So I'm probably just staying away from this game. If I had to pick it, I'd probably lean toward New England with you guys uh by, by the way the patriots per uh our friends at odd shark and uh and uh joe osborne 21 and 6 against the spread off a double digit loss since 2000 yeah there's a lot of history on their side that game yeah. all right yeah. patriots always have like great numbers against the spread like no matter what split you right. pull out they're gonna have great numbers that's 78 that's 78 percent though that's pretty good steelers and uh bucks steelers laying one I le- looked at this game and was considering the Bucks in the game, but then I backed away from it. I'm like, I am not possibly going with Ryan Fitzpatrick to have another one of those days, am I? I just don't believe in the guy. I know he's been fantastic the first two weeks. I do like the Bucks a little bit because I think the Steelers secondary. I know they're going to simplify things this week because they had so many busts. It doesn't matter. The players aren't very good back there. Uh, this could go up and down the field all day. Uh, I probably lean to the Bucks. I don't love them, though. Yeah, I'm completely staying away from this game in terms of context. I could see anything happening in this game. If you want to put the stock into what we've seen on the field in two weeks with these teams, then I think you have to go Bucks. If you want to put stock into what we think we're going to see over the next 15 weeks, go Steelers. They need this game a lot more than the Bucks. obviously. At 0-1-1, Bengals looking solid. Steelers, I think, come out, treat this as a must-win, go down to Tampa, win the game. Maybe it's an ugly game. Maybe it's a little Over, though. I think it might be a little bit more low scoring than, than we think. They can't cover anyone. Tampa's getting a little more healthier on defense. Brent Grimes supposed to come back. Um, Vita Vea might make his debut in this game. Uh, so I would probably lean to the under just because I know that the, the total is so high. I don't know exactly what it is now, but it's got to be in the 50s. Um, and There's four totals staying. in the 50s this week. Yeah. We're, and part I think part of that is the new roughing rules and, and the, the quarterback rules, keeping them healthy. It's extending drives. Um, I don't know that we're going to see that completely throughout the whole year. I don't know that we're going to set scoring records for the NFL, and that's kind of what these totals imply. So maybe I'm still looking unders a little bit uh, with these high totals. Mm, no, uh, I'll take the over, and I will take the Buccaneers, even though I don't really feel good about it. Fitzpatrick's gonna he's gonna mess himself at some point, right? Like it's gonna it's yeah, I, at some point he's gonna become Ryan Fitzpatrick. RJ RJ, how much did I just pay for Ryan Fitzpatrick in our fantasy in our League of Leagues fantasy league? Did you see it? Uh twenty five, I think. 30, out of a hundred? Thirty three out of a hundred. Thirty three dollars. 
I, had, I, had a, I mean, my quarterbacks Jeez. are pretty bad. I have Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky are my two quarterbacks, and I only put in a $5 bid. By the way, I want to say I'm 2-0 and in FFT, and did you see how I beat Adam Azer on Monday night? Yes. Dis, no, the Disley touchdown. But, you know, I beat George Maselli with the with the Disley touchdown, too. I had Russell Wilson. So we both moved to 2-0. And, and then I, I, I abused you in uh, our other league. You did abuse me. You're good. You're, you, got, you got a good little team going in fantasy, Pete. I won a game on that touchdown too. I beat Luke Rogers in our dynasty league. Did you really? Uh, with yeah, I was down. I think one and a half, two points with Russell Wilson going. That touchdown put me over the edge. Yeah. So so I won on that that play too. Yeah. Wow, really proud of you guys for your great fantasy wins. <laughs> Everybody cares. Thanks for doing the podcast as always. We will talk next week. Let's go chat with Nick Costos and figure out exactly what we're going to bet on on every single game this week. Now we're doing the speed round. Nick Costas in the house in Fort Lauderdale where he will be hosting CBS Sports HQ Sportsline all weekend. I have been on the show uh, th- this week, actually, but not with Nick. I don't get the invite for the A-team. That's fine. I still like doing it. Tommy Tran. What's up? Maybe Tommy Tran is the A-team. Anyway, so you can watch Sportsline at what times, Nick? I'm going to leave that part alone, the A-team part alone. I would love to have you on the show anytime you can do it, Will. Um Weekdays, we are live from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, um, Sunday, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, as we get you set to uh, play some wagers, winning picks for college, for the NFL. Um, The show is tremendous, plus daily fantasy, season-long fantasy. In all seriousness, if you want to win your pick pools, you want to uh, put a couple wagers in, a couple investments, you want to win some daily fantasy, this is the show that you absolutely have to watch. Um, You take it from me. Um, a wagerer, an investor in sports, um, a daily fantasy player, season-long fantasy player. We have the content that you need to win. So make sure you tune in weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. And you can see CBS Sports HQ on any smart device or on cbsports.com backslash live. I will be tuning in because if I may be frank, Nick, as you pointed out on Twitter, I got my balls handed to me last week. Oh. And five. You know what happens when your dog gets bit by a snake, your house is being attacked by a hurricane, your air conditioning goes out, and generally you can't get anything, like everything's f- coming against you in life? You should yeah. fade yourself. I should have faded myself. I got my, You should have. Since lo- your life basically got faded last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I the lost fact, it. by the way, that, that your dog got bit by a snake and survived means that your dog is officially the coolest dog. Yeah, right? Doesn't that change how you feel about George? Now he's not like some little punk. He's Well, he's I like- never really liked Lockhanfora's dog, Copper, but now I definitely <laughs> like George better than Copper. I all hate right. Copper. Let's Just get throwing to- that out there. No, that's fine. You can hate Copper all you want. Let's get to some stuff we also like that's not named George that's going to help you win money we're going to run here's what we're going to do we're going to run in the same order game by game quick hitters what we like from these games starting with colts and eagles and so like just we're doing this we're testing this for the new time and i know i'm stumbling here through it but nick and i are going to pick things we like whether it's dfs best bet for the super contest uh, first half under total you know whatever over under t- team total whatever it is the best thing for you to focus in on from each game colts eagles you go nick um, well, I want to start from the daily perspective um, and also season long. Like I've got Carson Wentz in a couple leagues. This is not the weekend that you want to start Carson Wentz. There's just way too much unknown. Still no Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Mike Wallace is hurt now. Ajayi's been banged up. And I know Ajayi played last week, but he's still been banged up. And I like Corey Clement. Um, I feel like there's only two guys that you can play in daily this week from the Eagles. And it's Zach Ertz and Corey Clement. I mean, Ertz is obviously getting um, a ton of targets now. Um We'll see what happens with Aguilar and Jordan Matthews. Um, Aguilar may be fine for this week, but I am worried about Aguilar moving forward now. If Matthews is going to be in the slot, I think that mitigates some of um, some of Nelson Aguilar's value. And again, 
I would not play Carson Wentz this week in season. I'm definitely fading him in daily. And aside from Ertz and Clement, I'm fading this entire offense. Now, the line for the game, I think, is very tricky. Um, Eagles minus six, minus six and a half. Um, it feels like you really want to bet the Philadelphia Eagles right at home against the Indianapolis Colts. The way I think this will play out, Indy keeps it close in the first half. Wentz gets his sea legs underneath him in the second half. Eagles win the game. The angle I'm looking at, though, is the Colts' first half plus three and a half. And I do think that'll come down closer to Sunday to plus three. So if you can get that now as we record this Thursday afternoon, um, I like the Colts' first half plus three and a half. Colts have been playing really well. I, I am leaning towards taking the Colts as a super contest pick. Don't know yet. We're recording this on Thursday. We'll know on Friday. Eagles injury report does not look good for Philadelphia. I rewatched that Colts-Redskins game. The Colts are legit. Their defense is legit. And their offensive line, Quentin Nelson is a bad mofo. He's smashing people. I like the Colts a lot in this spot. What about the Panthers and Bengals? This is a this is a, an obnoxious like I think Vegas is like we don't know. Panthers minus 3 versus the Bengals. I'll tell you this, if you want to pay up for a guy that might not be widely used, although he had a bunch of catches last week so maybe he is, Christian McCaffrey. The Bengals are 23rd in DVOA against pass catching running backs. Alex Collins and Javorius Allen combined for eight catches and 91 yards last year on Thursday night. I think Christian McCaffrey is a guy that, you know, I mean he didn't have a ton of yardage, so people might fade him, but I could see him having a nice game. No, and Naheem Hines also in week one Correct. Um, for the Indianapolis Colts against this Bengals defense here. Um, for me in this game, and I, I will pat myself on the back while you went 0-5 in the contest last week, and pretty much everyone had a bad week, I actually went 3-2. and two. And if it were not for people win. talking me into the Houston Texans, I would have gone 4-1 and because I would have faded the New York football giants. So I am 7-3, and three, a robust 7-3 and three through two weeks. So the Bengals are one of the plays I'm considering for the contest. Um, and in terms of wagers, I think the Bengals are going to win the game outright on the money line right now, plus 135. Love the Bengals plus three because I think they have a chance to win the game. And if Carolina does win, I don't think it's going to be by three more points. So I think the worst case scenario with Bengals plus three is a push. And I would back that up also with a smaller bet on the Bengals, a smaller wager, I should say, on the Bengals on the money line plus 135. And as far as DFS is concerned, I think, you know, A.J. Green is obviously a play. Tyler Boyd is kind of a sneaky option now, and he's kind of overtaken John Ross for that overtaken. I guess Ross never was I'm there sorry, in the first I'm place. Sorry, but sorry for your loss, by the way. Um, you know, I, I am starting John Ross in one league this week because I do think that Ross, that big play is coming. Panthers like secondary he, is not good either. Panthers and he, he's not going to give you the consistent production week in and week out, but that bomb is coming from John Ross and it could very well be this Sunday. Um, and other DFS, one sneaky play that I like in this game is Mark Walton, the former Miami Hurricane running back. Um, he's now the number two behind Giovanni Bernard and Gio's never been a workhorse throughout his career. And I think Walton at this point in their respective careers, I think Mark Walton's better than Giovanni Bernard. And Walton could find himself after this game, maybe even during this game, as Cincinnati's primary ball carrier in the absence of Joe Mixon. Mark Walton right now, only 3,500. I mean, it's not going to change, but Mark Walton, 3,500 on DraftKings. I think you could do a lot worse if you need a low-cost option running back or in flex. Gio, only to bolster your case, I don't know if you know this, but Giovanni Bernard on the injury report Wednesday with a knee injury, which means it's unlikely, should the Bengals be up trying to bleed out the game, that they're going to feed Gio 40 times. Like Mark Walton would be the guy. Like that pick there. I actually have written down for Jaguars minus 9.5 versus Titans. Stay away. I don't like anything here, and I don't care. That's fine. You don't have to take a, every, every bet on every single game. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't bet on this game yet. I may bet on this game on like Sunday. And I think the problem with the contest is, or for your pick'em pools, if you have to lock it in by Friday, we may not know who Tennessee's starting quarterback is going to be until Sunday morning, yep. like with the Mariota thing with his nerve. If Mariota plays, 
I think Tennessee is going to cover this number. And I'll bet on Tennessee if the news gets announced on Saturday or Sunday. If it's nine and a half or close to 10, maybe you buy a half point and get it then I wouldn't recommend it, but you could do that. If it's Blaine Gabbard, it's a total non-starter. But this is a prime letdown spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off the emotional win last week over the Patriots. And look, I crushed the Titans last week in that coaching staff um, after the week one loss um, in Miami to the Dolphins. I thought they coached a hell of a game last week in, um, in beating the Houston Texans. As far as uh, Daily Fantasy is concerned in season long, uh, I think Derrick Henry is actually going to score in this game, whether Gabbard plays or Mariota plays. He's only 4,400. That touchdown regression is due for him, and I think he will get into the end zone. Again, only 4,400 Derrick Henry on DraftKings. I like him better in daily than season. If you've got better options in season, I would roll with those. But as far as DFS is concerned, I like Derrick Henry. He's that contrarian play. And you got to love Leonard Fournette. And he's going to play in this game, practice both Wednesday and Thursday. He should be a big game. Home team, good defense, big favorite, bleed the clock out. Love Leonard Fournette. Deion Lewis, I think, is also a good play potentially in daily. This should be check down city for the uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, Corey Davis, very hard to trust. He gets a lot of targets, but up against the secondary, if it's Blaine Gabbard, not good. Taewon Taylor, though, and you saw him emerge last week for the Titans. 3,600 on DraftKings. And um, he's got the speed to be able to break a big play here. Now, I don't know if I would recommend playing him, but if you need someone at a low cost, I think Taewon Taylor, you could do worse. I like how neck deep you are in daily fantasy. Like, have you found yourself drifting more towards daily fantasy than not gambling, but like just like from a like workload perspective, more daily fantasy? Um, I, I just, it's, it's really funny. You know, I'm off Tuesday and Wednesday and I'm staying with family right now for reasons that we'll get into at some point in the next few weeks here, but I'm not in my apartment anymore. And, um, they always say to me, like, I'm, I'm on my computer, like, like three hours on Tuesday and Wednesday. And they're like, you're not working these days. What are you doing? And I go, yeah, first off, a, I am working and B, I would be doing this even if this weren't my job. Um, profoundly lucky and grateful to have this job because I just love this stuff. So it's not work for me. No, no, no. I mean like, I mean like, I mean like with your, with your sports line and like HQ, like workload, do you like, what percentage do you think you're at uh, from gambling versus DFS? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, I think that I'm probably more in, you know, I would say it's probably like 55% gambling and 45% fantasy for me. Okay. There you go. I like that. But, but like, but like, I, I also feel like, right. yeah, it's, yeah, but it, it, it's 100% of both, though, right. if that makes sense. Yes, no, it makes, it makes, they go hand in hand. Uh, Falcons, minus three at home against the Saints. I'm going to tell you right now, I like the Saints to win, and I like the Saints to cover, and I will take the Saints plus three, and I will almost certainly do it in the, in the uh, Super Contest. The Falcons are thrashed right now on injuries. I mean, they keep putting a, like a new offensive lineman on injured reserve every day. It's like a, like a ritualistic habit or something like that. Deion Jones is out. I think Alvin Kamara is a guy that could blow up, but that's not news. I mean, just, they don't have the guys who can cover him. Look at the numbers that Christian McCaffrey put up. And I think Drew Brees, Drew, we all wrote off Drew Brees last year after he didn't well, have. Didn't. Well, nobody wrote him off, but I'm saying like everybody's like, well, the Saints are going to run the ball. Drew Brees is no longer great in fantasy. Well, the Saints aren't running the ball quite as well, and Drew Brees is chucking it everywhere. At least until Mark Ingram comes back in week five. But, but right. for now, week three, um, I'll be quick here. Saints plus three, probably a contest play for yours truly. And if you like the Saints, you're listening to this on Friday, I think this number will close below three points. Atlanta minus two and a half, Atlanta minus two. So if you like the Saints, get that in now plus the three points. And I like the Saints on the money line as well. I'm with you. This will probably be a contest play for me. The money line right now for New Orleans plus 140. That is juicy. It is juicy. Ravens minus five and a half versus the Broncos. I think the Ravens DST is a sneaky play here in both daily fantasy and uh, and season long stuff. I, mean, I don't know how if they're out there. I saw somebody in one of my leagues dropped them. So I'm putting in a waiver claim for them to, to grab them. Uh, Denver's been okay on offense. Denver might be, uh, could be 
little bit, maybe a little bit of a rush here. The Denver's two and zero. I like the Ravens minus five and a half, but I'm a little worried that everybody likes the Ravens minus five and a half. Well, I don't know that everyone likes them five and a half. I like them five and a half here, and uh, this conjures up memories. This matchup of Jacoby Jones, obviously, um, and Raheem Moore. Um, I apologize to the Broncos fans for that reference. Um, I'm fading every Bronco with the exception of Philip Lindsay in this game because I think Lindsay's going to get his numbers no matter what out of the backfield. But um, like you, I'm selling high on this two and zero Broncos team that won two coin flip games against bad teams. I'm buying low on a Ravens team that didn't look great in the first half last week in primetime against the Bengals, but got their act together in the second half. Um, This is a Ravens or nothing play for me here in this game. I agree. Texans minus six and a half versus the Giants. I wrote sit Saquon Barkley, three question marks. I'm also a little worried about Deshaun. No, you you can't sit him. But I mean, I I don't know. I just think that um, the, the Texans are good against the run. They have a really good defensive line. The Giants offensive game plan has been crapola so far especially with Saquon Barkley they, they're not putting him in favorable favorable spots I don't know that they can put him in favorable spots because they're terrible um I think too many people are going to be on the Texans in the spot for me to take him as a super contest pick however well I'll, I'll throw this out there about Saquon as bad as the Giants offense is and it's really bad um it's like Pat Shermer is playing in like a high stakes PPR league and obviously Saquon's <laughs> is running back 14 catches 80 yards I mean it's just like you can't make this stuff up Saquon's going to get his numbers no matter what like he's locked in like he's he's going to do great in daily and he's high priced for it he, you obviously can't sit him in season I think his bet no matter how bad the Giants are Saquon you can start every week and feel good about it because it's like Gettleman and Shermer are like well we took this running back number two overall we're morons for it but to justify that stupid pick we're going to give him the ball 50 times a game even when we've got Odell Beckham on the field. Obviously dumb. Now, as far as the game concerned, I think it's got a chance to get a little loose. Um, You know, Eli Manning, historically, with his back against the wall, generally comes out and plays pretty well. And I look at this game kind of like that Sunday night game they played last year against the Broncos. And it's a little different because they had more losses at that point. But everyone was on the one side of that game, and the Giants came out and actually won that game outright last year, Sunday night in Denver. I don't think the Giants are going to win this game. I think the Texans are going to win, but I think it's a field goal game. And I think this is actually going to be one of the better games of the week. It's an elimination game, essentially, here. So I really like the Giants against the spread. I would love them if Olivier Olivier Vernon played. It doesn't look like he's going to. That really hurts them a lot. But I think you start your stars in this game with confidence. Beckham, Barkley, Fuller, Hopkins, and Watson. And Eli's only 5,200. Stop. Back against the wall. I'm going to make the case. I may. You know what? I will have an Eli Beckham stack in at least a couple daily lineups this weekend. And I like the over 42 points in this game. Mm. And the team totals haven't been released yet for Sunday, but I'll probably take the Giants team total over whatever it is on Sunday. Man, I got to tell you, there's nothing worse in life. I can't wait to sweat this game on Sunday. I'm back invested (laughs) with my favorite team, and they're going to screw me, and it's going to be great. There's nothing worse in life. I'm not even kidding. Like You're sitting there and like, You've lost all your bets. Your like, I mean, like actual money bets. Like I lost them all. Like everything went sideways for me. I'm zero and four in the contest, and like I get an alert on my phone. It's like, it's like, it's like Nick Costas has tweeted, and it's like, sad will, sad at Will Brinson, zero and four in the contest with even sadder Giants let to come. Loser! Exclamation point. I'm like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I took the Giants. I, 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 I tried to tell you. you tried to tell me. I, I, know, I tried to I tell everyone the Giants were terrible before the year. No one wanted to listen. Jamie Eisenberg picked them to win the NFC East. I mean, one of the worst picks of all time. Sad. Boo. Sad. Exclamation point. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, Dolphins minus three versus Raiders. I'm going to tell you, I got a, not a bold one. I don't think you should play Amari Cooper this week. He broke out and had a really right. good, 
We had a really good week two game against the Broncos in a tough cornerback matchup. Xavier Howard's locking everybody down, and they're going to stick Xavier Howard on Amari Cooper. I would sit him if you have the opportunity and certainly would not play him in DFS. This is one of those where people buy into the idea that, oh, here comes an Amari breakout, and then they get burnt with a fade uh, when they should have faded him in week three. Um, and I like Minka Fitzpatrick a lot, too. Mm. And he's been awesome through a couple of weeks, their first-round pick um, out of Alabama. Um, so I, this is kind of difficult here because as I'm going through this, I actually kind of like Derek Carr, again, like the same way I like Eli as a contrarian DFS play this week. He's only 5,400 on DraftKings, but I don't know who to stack him with. I mean, I guess maybe it would be Jared Cook, but I mean, I don't want to stack him with Amari Cooper. I don't want to stack him with Jordy Nelson. I don't want to stack him with Seth Roberts, and you can't stack him with Martavis Bryant. So Carr went 29-32 to 32 last week and all those targets to Amari Cooper. I think he'll be efficient. I think he'll toss a couple touchdown passes here. I just don't know who they're going to go to. But Raiders plus the three points. Raiders on the money line plus 150. Dolphins a bit of a mirage right now at 2-0. and Raiders with a hard luck loss on Sunday against the Broncos. They should have won that game. I think the Raiders, and I know West Coast to East Coast early start, I think the Raiders win this game, wow. and I think the Raiders on the money line plus one fifty, and I may take them in the contest getting the three. I I would take the Dolphins against the spread if I was taking something, but I will I will not be betting on this particular game. I will be betting, however, on the Washington Redskins, my Washington Redskins, your Washington Redskins, plus two and a half at home, and we actually have a consensus play uh, in terms of DFS and fantasy this week. I found this before you and I started emailing about it, but I was looking at. Um, we were trying to make in a in a deeper fourteen team, really deep league. I was trying to dis- make a decision on a, on a wide receiver situation, and Josh Doxon was at least on the chopping block for somebody we might cut. But I've been go- go- went back and watched the game. He actually had a pretty good game numbers wise, like forty yards, I think. And he's he's on the field constantly. Like Over eighty nine percent never comes off the 89% field. Eighty nine percent of their snaps in their first two games plus, and he had a, a really close, tough catch down the field that could have been like a 30-yard catch, and he, he dropped a little bit. Alex Smith that, That's kind of like the story of his of his career, though. Right. It sucks so far. But the Packers are coughing up points to wide receivers. I like Josh Doxson this week. No one will be on him. If he's well, you, sco- you know I tweeted that the other day. I love Josh Doxson, too. I think he scores well, on Sunday. I I'm no playing idea. him in DFS this week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, well, you and I will be the only people on him. The people are not going to be on him. 3,700 this week in, um, on DraftKings is, is Josh Doxson. Um, I think the Redskins are going to win this game. Um, I, I hate the fact that I'm not getting three in the contest. The line's plus two and a half. I'm still going to take it, and I'm going to bet on it. Um, take the points, but again, like I, I'm going to bet on the money line in this game. I think the Redskins are better than people think. Decent opportunity to buy low after losing to the Colts. That was kind of inexplicable and a little worrisome here, but I think the Redskins are going to bounce back. Good game for Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers clearly not 100%. I think the Redskins win. I like the Redskins to cover. And I, like I said, I think Josh Doxson going to score on Sunday. Bill's Vikings is a stay away for me, except obviously you start all of your Vikings in fantasy. It's a sneaky guy to keep an eye on for DFS, Latavius Murray, because if the Vikings are up, uh, I don't know, 14 nothing in the first quarter, I could see them resting Dalvin Cook, who's been a little banged up. They said he was dealing with cramps. So I think it was a hamstring. Would not be surprised to see Latavius Murray get the lion's share of rushes for the Vikings here. Now, in the contest, um, Minnesota's minus 16 and a half. So it's, you're not getting the full 17. Um, but it'll, it'll be 17 on Sunday, like if you want to bet on it. And just, just, I, just, just, no, 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 no. no. Look, oh, oh, no, I'm taking Buffalo if it's 17. But you're not betting on Buffalo. You're yeah, just, I will. In the, I'm, not I will, in the super it, contest. No, no, I mean, because, no, but if it's 17 and a half or 17, I'm taking Buffalo 100%. They're, they're, on they're principle. The, they're the 2017 Browns. Don't do it. 
Just don't no, they it. will win a game this year. They will not go. No, that's this. fine. But they're but they're just not going to cover. Like they're going to be like, there's obvious value here. They're going to lose by 21. Just don't cover. That maybe, maybe. I at a principle though, I'm taking the Bills. Okay. I'm saying that right now. Any line that's 17 points in the National Football League, I will take the underdog <laughs> blindly. I don't even care who's playing in the game. That might be stupid, but that's how I feel. Um, as far as Bills and daily fantasy, I'm going to give you one name here that a guy who could do pretty well is um with if Lashawn McCoy sits out. Chris Ivory is obviously more of a in-between-the-tackles guy. Marcus Murphy is a guy that can catch some passes. Look, I'm serious fine, here. Fine. Like, like, like you're scouring for deep value here. Let's assume, right, that Josh Allen's going to have guys in his face all day because Josh Allen's going to have guys in his face all day. What's he going to do? He's going to check the football down. If there's no LaShawn McCoy, he ain't checking down to Chris Ivory. Marcus Murphy is going to be the guy getting those catches. Take a look at Marcus Murphy. That's a, that is a deep call, and I love it. Chargers-Rams. Chargers are getting seven. I will take the seven. I think. I, I don't know. I might have put it into my picks originally at, at Rams minus seven. Um, but I, I want the Chargers here. I think they'll keep it close, even though they will probably all, almost assuredly ultimately lose because that's what the Chargers do in September. But they'll, they'll keep it close enough and lose by three in a field goal or something like that. Oh, I think the Rams are going to blow them out. Might, that might happen. Rams have going to blow who, them out. Who of the Rams? I got to tell you, Nick, when you look at the National Football League, who of the Rams played? Who cares? Like they, they, <laughs> they, they've done what they've supposed to do. They're like very they've good. Bl- They're very blown good. out both bad teams that they played. They're like they good. were very impressive. Um, no, Joey Bosa is a massive deal and an even bigger deal in this game. This is a, just a tremendous coaching mismatch, in, in my opinion, yes. with um, with Anthony Lynn and Sean McVay and those respective coaching staffs. Um, yeah, so I will. I'm not going to take it in the contest, but I will lay the points with the Rams, and I do think it'll be a double digit win. And um, Brandon Cooks. I think will continue to dominate. And I think it's pretty clear that most fantasy analysts and experts, and this is not to single anybody out. I think that the vast majority of people we had cooks rated to Jamie Eisenberg, Jamie Eisenberg. No, I mean, well, Jamie's not the, I mean, pretty much. They, no, no, no. You know, what? I don't even mind blasting them. We can put all three, Jamie, Heath and Dave on blast on here, because you know what? Every off season draft, I would take Brandon Cooks and be like, oh, Brandon. They had me on Fantasy Football Today. Great podcast. You should totally subscribe to it. They had me call in while I was driving over to like Durham to take my son to a baseball game and explain why I took Brandon Cooks early in a draft. And I kept saying something like, oh, no, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. No, blast them. Put them on blast. Yeah. So if that's the case, then yeah, they were very wrong. Um, we drafted Brandon Cooks way too low. And yeah, if you got him in like stud. the fifth round, yeah. you should be thanking your lucky stars because he's he besides for Gurley, obviously, is the star of that offense, and they are unfurling multiple, multiple deep shots per game at Brandon Cooks. If you can, is it still, are we are we at the point where you can still buy low on him at all, or is he? No. Is that, that ship of sale? I guess no way. A buck 59? Well, because we, I don't know, did we talk about this after, probably not, because after, in week one, he had 87 catches on eight targets, but he had another 87 yards in pass interference, interference penalty, DPI penalties. He yeah. should have been at like 190 yards. He gets to 159. They didn't give him both. I mean, you can try, but I feel like if you're in like a, a league with people that even have a modicum of intelligence or know what they're doing, they ain't, you ain't going to be able to buy low on Brandon. He's Cooks. averaging 20 yards per catch. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Like he's, he's freaking tremendous. And, he, and, and they're using him correctly. And he's right. And he's a first round pedigree. With like one of the fastest combine forty times in NFL history, and they who, paid him, and they're going to feature they, him. They like paid he's him tremendous, and he also has thousand yard seasons with both the Saints and the Patriots, who inexplicably traded him. So yes, yeah. don't get Brandon Cooks if you can uh, if you can afford to. You're right. You probably if he has if you have for whatever reason if he has a bad game this week, 
Try and get it. Go out and get he's, it. He's not going to have a bad. He's game. not. Bears, Cardinals. Bears might have a you bad. Skip game. Niners, Chiefs. By the way, on our list. Did I really? Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm everywhere. I just want to make sure that we get it. Niners, Chiefs. I like the over here, but it needs to come back down before I can take anything in that. Oh, I don't even care. Like it's fifty-five and a half at this point. It's actually come down from fifty-six yeah, and a half. Yeah, it means I mean. nothing to me. Um, it's going over, and I know that people are a little concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo and his performance through the first two weeks. Um. I'm not Jimmy G Marquise Goodwin DFS stack is a delightful move this week. Yeah, I, I would probably feel more comfortable with Goodwin with the quad stacking Jimmy G with Kittle. But mm. Jimmy G, mm. I think, is probably my favorite daily play this week. Like Kittle has left so many points on the board in weeks one and two. Yep. Um, could have 200 yards in week one in the loss in Minnesota. Left points on the board last week in the game against the Lions. I think Kittle's going to have a monster game here. This Chiefs defense is still really bad, even if Eric Berry does suit up here. I'm probably going to take Niners plus six and a half in the contest. I'll bet it as well. And um, I think it goes over here. Mahomes is going to regress a little bit just because he's not going to throw 90 touchdowns. So I, I, I think the Niners will keep this close. This is not the week he regresses. He'll regress in week four. By the way, uh, Trey Burton or George Kittle in fantasy. You go George Kittle, right? It's not It's not even close. All right, well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, just, I just had that, had that it option. Is, it is not even close. It's not even close. Let's go with Kittle. There we go. I love it. Um, not not even close. And by the way, I'll take the Niners against the spread if it's if especially if it's a touchdown. I think they'll I think they'll keep it close enough in a shootout. The Chiefs are not stopping anybody. Um, and Kyle Shanahan, this is picture perfect for him to scheme some stuff up. Bears, Cardinals, Bears. Mitchell Trubisky is laying six on the road. Get out of here. No, you, you can't do it. It's a dumpster fire game. Um, the only people in daily I would play by people. I mean, the only thing I would play in daily would be the Bears um, defense special teams. Um, I do like the Cardinals to cover in this game, though, and we'll make this short and sweet. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears should not be close to a touchdown favorite on the road against any team in the NFL. I may take the well, I'm going to bet Arizona for sure. Plus six, plus six and a half. They may be one of my context, contest picks here, whether it's Bradford, Josh Rosen, Mike Lennon. I don't care. <laughs> six, six and a half, too much for the Bears to be favored. You I, have to take the Cardinals. I actually think that David Johnson is a really interesting contrarian DFS play this week because nobody's going to start him. They have to prove that they know how to use him. Right, right, but you got to get him. They said they're going to feed him out. they got to they gotta line him up. This is a Mike McCoy. You're going to get fired if you don't bust out some tricks. Well, I mean, they had all offseason to figure it out, and they came out and didn't get it done in weeks one or weeks. So what? maybe it'll happen. I'm not betting that it's going to happen this week, though. You could very well be right. And I'm not saying that I got all the answers and you're wrong. I just don't feel confident <laughs> enough not, in myself to do it. I'm not saying that out loud, but. Well, I mean, you, you kind of did. Right. No, no, I'm saying you, you kind of did. Like, you're like, I'm not saying out loud that you're wrong and I have all the answers. I uh, mean, you, listen, you could easily be right. I'm just not willing to bet on it yet. I think, fine. I think it's a. A losing bet in terms of the percentages right now, but it could still hit. It could still hit. Seahawks minus two at home against the Cowboys. I love the Seahawks here. I think everybody is going to sell the Seahawks and buy the Cowboys based. I'm surprised that the line is where it is based on what we saw in the last two primetime games. It's exactly like in week one. When you see that happen in the primetime games, people are going to hammer the team, the public team, the Cowboys, over the Seahawks. Seahawks are very good with Pete Carroll at home. This is a absolute contest play for me, Seahawks minus two. This is a stay away for me, <clears throat> and it's worth noting the Cowboys opened as a short favorite, and money pushed the Seahawks to where they're at now, around minus two. Um, you're right. Um, the reasoning, your rationale towards taking Seattle is spot on. But Seattle I, I is just, terrible. I, I I can't get I can't get past the Seahawks team. I just think that they're awful, um, and I think Dallas is pretty good. Um, their upside is not to win the Super Bowl. But I think they could easily win. They could win nine or ten games. I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. That front seven is pretty good. Jalen Smith is running like he did at Notre Dame. Dak Prescott was efficient on Sunday night. 
this is a stay away game for me. And this could burn me in daily because I feel like you could probably stack Russ with like Tyler Lockett and do pretty well. But I'm staying away from this game. My head says the Cowboys, but I also acknowledge what you're saying with the Seahawks. So I will stay away from this game almost completely. Patriots minus seven hosting the Lions. Um, This is a nothing wrong with stacking Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in this game. Yeah. In a a Sunday night game. If you you can play, do the Sunday where you can do the Sunday nights or or, or the showdowns here. Um, I would probably, if you play a Sunday showdown and you can, well, you could play both quarterbacks, but. I like Matthew Stafford maybe even better than Tom Brady in this game. Um, the Patriots are going to score a ton of points. Stafford's really good, and I know he's let down fantasy owners, at least in week one, was better in week two. I think he's going to have a monster game in week three. I don't think they're going to win the game, and I and I think both teams are going to score a ton of points here. And I really like Sony Michelle a lot as, as an underrated daily play. At some point, he's going to get unleashed here. Um, I would take Detroit against the spread if it got up to seven and a half by kickoff. Otherwise, I'm not touching the game. It seems like it's a great spot to take the dog that's 0-2, that people, no one thinks they can win. But again, it's the Patriots, and it's a coaching mismatch. Belichick against one of his former protégés here. So I don't feel great about the Lions. I'll only take it at seven, seven and a half. But I do think this Lions passing game, Matt Stafford, I think they're going to put up big numbers on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And by the way, Stafford actually wouldn't have had terrible numbers against the Jets in week one had he not been pulled out early in the fourth quarter and had Marvin Jones reeled in two long touchdown catches that he should have and could have. Or if caught. he hadn't thrown four interceptions. Right. Yeah, But even with the four picks, you know, I'm just saying he could have had a big number uh, that night. The final game of the week. Mr. Costas is – I get lost. I just – I blacked Monday out. Monday night, Steelers box. No, I, yeah, I know, I know what it is. I'm just saying I blacked out and got lost. Buccaneers plus one at home against the Steelers. If you buy or sell on the Fitzmagic. I think – I'm starting Fitzpatrick. We, I paid $33 for him in, 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 in fab today. How do you feel about um, that? I'm selling Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. At some point, like we've seen this his entire career, like he's not a 16-game quarterback. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. The guy has made a boatload of money doing this throughout his career. But at some point, he's going to turn back into a pumpkin. I think it happens on Monday night against the Steelers because I think at some point the Steelers are going to snap out of it. Pittsburgh's 0-2 against the spread. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win the game. And I think at some point, probably sooner than a lot of people think, Jameis Winston's going to be starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like Pittsburgh to win this game. I think Pittsburgh's going to score a lot of points. And Peyton Barber. I also think reaches the end zone on Monday night for Ooh. those of you playing the Monday night DFS. Barber getting a ton of usage, been unlucky in terms of the touchdowns. So I am still starting Peyton Barber in some season leagues, despite the uh, the first two weeks kind of being crappy. I'll take the over in this game, too. I know it's high at like 53, but it's going to be a shootout. Both teams should be ready to score. Pittsburgh can't stop anybody. They haven't stopped anybody in, in, in almost a full calendar. I don't know why, but I feel like the Steelers' defense might be a, a decent contrarian play on Monday night. A decent, you know, I, I don't know why, but I, I do, I have a feeling that Pittsburgh is going to come out, and I think they're going to play a complete game on Sunday, on Monday night, rather. This is one of those um, reverse line movements. All the, all the, all the bets are on um, Tampa Bay, and all the money is, or the money's on Pittsburgh. So it's, it is a major red flag that the everything's a major red flag in this one. I'll, I'll, I will, I will acquiesce to that. It reeks of Buccaneers get blown out at home, but I, th- I still think it's going to be a shootout. All right. Follow him at the Costas on Twitter. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ's Sports Line. Is it? Give me the times again. I'm, I'm, I'm 11 a.m. It, 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 it actually could not be easier. 11 a.m. and noon. Is that Monday, right? Monday through Friday. Six every days. show's at six. Yeah. Like, even you can comprehend this. I, I'm on the show on Monday, this past week. Yes. I was on the show. What time do college games kick off? Uh, noon. So an hour okay. before. So we're on an hour before that. And what time do NFL games kick off on Sunday? Four. 
One o'clock, one o'clock. I knew that. So we're on at noon. Yes, exactly. So the weekend shows are obviously the most fun, but we have a lot of fun during the week as well. Um, I would strongly recommend the shows that I'm on because I'm on them, of course. Um, course. Mondays and Thursdays, um, in addition to Friday, because we give you all the stuff for the Monday and Thursday night football games. And our experts are unbelievable. Jamie Eisenberg on with daily fantasy plays, season long stuff as well. Pete Prisco, one of the sharpest minds in the NFL business, watches a ton of film. Um, Pete gives his breakdown of games as well. Plus, Todd Furman, our Vegas insider, the Wizard of Odds, Kenny White, Kelly Stewart, and the Hammer, Hank Goldberg, been winning you money for decades. So our team of experts is unbelievable. Their information is second to none. If you want to win fantasy, season-long, daily fantasy, you want to win your investments, your wagers, come on NFL Sunday at College Football Saturday. Watch CBS Sports HQ Sportsline, hosted by yours truly. Love it. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, sir.